I am unashamed. What about you? So this, we ended our uh, teal season uh, this past weekend. I would say overall, it was a bust. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's according to how you look at it. I mean, some people get wrapped up in the how many did we get, and that's the litmus test of why you do it. So but it with, says but a with man me, with but with me, journals. it's just as the old DU man said, enjoying the great outdoors. No, I agree. With you. Sun, I agree. Sun come up, you know, and we we see, but we don't fix it up for blue wing teal for mainly one reason. You said, well, could you could you get more ducks on the premises? Well, of course we could, yeah. but. If we spend all the time and effort to get ready a big teal spot where we're using up a lot of very valuable grass and whatnot right. too early, yeah. September too early for regular duck season, so we'd rather save it for the main duck season for one reason. The the table as a table fair. The the blue wing teal, <laughs> even In the fact, Cajuns have to admit it In takes fact, a I lot of garlic. It takes a lot of garlic to knock that one out. I would say out. the blue wing teal is at the bottom of the list in terms He's of. right above a shoveler. Yeah. Right above a shoveler. Right in there. They're pretty close, both of and them. And it's their diet, I, I assume. Uh, they come well, down earlier. You know, we, I've always assumed that it's because there's not as much water. So You take a bird that smells like a sewer pond. <laughs> That's right. That's the smell. That's the smell. And I've tried. I've tried a lot of different concoctions. Maybe some of the guys in South Louisiana could give us. A, well, we we found some guys. Uh, Jace and Jay have found some guys that, that take Houston. them and eat them and well, cook that, them. This was embarrassing. Look, Jay said there's a guy at that feed store yeah. across from Duck Command right. who who will take blue wing tail. So on the the last day, well, the next to last day, we divided up. I don't know if y'all want to give your take on that. I wanted to bring my dog, and because he hadn't hunted. Well, and we were taking Phyllis, and and we filmed it for In the Woods. So, by the way, if you don't have In the Woods, you can see that it's really interesting. So, it was Phyllis's hunt with Dad. It was it was a, the first daddy daughter hunt we've ever had, which yeah. was kind of strange and different. Isn't that, isn't that something, Phil? <laughs> Phil, were you? Boy, how, did, how did you feel about? All that? I can say is, through the years, I have mellowed. <laughs> Big time. When you, you see me, good. when You're you see me with a, dad. you see yeah. me with a female. I don't care whether it's my mother, <laughs> my, bless her soul, your, or my daughter, or your wife. You say, well, here comes old Rob. He going in that duck hunt this morning. I got a woman with me. They're like, whoa, that old guy getting old now. <laughs> well, we've These never gray whiskers. You boys, you you learn when the whiskers start turning gray. There's a lot of things that you say. You know. She's she's the daughter. She's never been duck hunting. She finds out I'm her dad. Yep. And so she she loves the outdoors. And it was funny because when she was growing up, I showed her what what she. Yeah, was, you were like teaching her stuff. I was giving I, her a little glimpse of to prepare us. First thing she did was get a shell hung up at the gun, so we had to dig that out. You know, well, I, think about it. The girl never has duck hunted, so when it came time to load your weapons, <laughs> in other words, the reason I had her seated within arm's length of me as I was monitoring the way she was putting the shell. She went through the course, the wildlife people gave her a yeah, course. Yeah, like a, like a five-hour well, yeah. you have to do You have to go through the Right, because she just m- missed So she day. had the elementary things, but, but, but still, you know, you take a woman with a loaded gun, she's never duck hunted, in other words, she, and she's got three shells in the barrel of the shotgun. I tend to stay close to that and watch that very yeah. carefully. Plus, we had the whole safety conversation about not shooting in front of people. Yep. And, 
you know, stuff. I like didn't that. want to ring in old dad's ears, you know, <laughs> shooting over my well, head and all that stuff. Let's face it, dad, you're hearing so bad. I, well, I, at this point, I don't think it would make any true. difference. But having thought about it, Phil, when you took me duck hunting, you, when you came to Jesus and got lined out, I mean, yep. one of the best moves ever, because I discovered a, a God consciousness really when I went duck hunting the first time. I mean, it might have been weighing on me that things are different. You know, my family's getting back together. But It's a beautiful thing. That that was that was top three moments in my life. So, I, you know, who knows? I, well, when you're sitting in a duck blind and that, and you're right, you know, daylight, whether you see any ducks or anything else, I mean, just being out there and being a part of it and experiencing it, and, <laughs> you know, drinking a hot cup of coffee in a beautiful surrounding, I mean, it's just, it is. It's very, it's yeah, a spiritual. That's a lot of people... Uh, they misunderstand that when someone says we're going to come along and take up your guns, well, the political part and the and the dastardly act that would be, here we are, people who, I mean, our entire life we were we slept as children on pillows and mattresses, mm-hmm. no 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 uh, no 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 difference to to the guy the. The pillow man, he's a good dude. But <laughs> the bottom line is, the women <laughs> picked pillow. the ducks, and they would take those feathers, and that's what we slept on. And there was no cleaning part going, you know, and you know, and sending them through some kind of machine that cleans them all up. It was just duck feathers, and they sold them together. The women did. Yep. Well, we slept on that. So I was smelling ducks from the time I was first bed I ever slept in. It's a, I slept on duck feathers. Mm-hmm. So. One of the stories, a true story, I came in with some wood ducks one time, and I was in my prime. I was a lean machine then. So I had my wood ducks, and I come in there. I counted them, you know. I knew I had, I don't know what it was, six, seven. So I looked around. I said, well, I said, I thought I had six ducks. I said, maybe I left one in my truck, you know. As I went out there, I looked in my truck. No. So I came back in there, and uh, Miss Kay said, well, you know, Jace, Jace really loves Ducks. He was holding that duck while ago. How old was it? So, oh, well, you were like two. Or I would three. say you were oh, about. I think I'd say two or three years old. He, oh. he was walking. Yeah. But I said, she said, you might ought to go back there. He may have that duck, you know, where he slept there. So I walked back there, and Jace was in bed asleep, and he had that wood duck like that, crouched like that, <laughs> next to him, like he was hugging a pillow, you know. <laughs> so I got a well, three-year-old. I got a three-year-old hugging a duck in the sleep. I looked down and I said. There's the duck hunter out of the bunch right there. <laughs> that turned out <laughs> to be true. It true. sure did. Jace has the most well, ability. He loved him from the time he's three years old. You know, that wouldn't have worked, though, for much more than a day, Jace. That I just <laughs> eased over there because uh, I thought, you give us a couple of days and, and, and this would be wrong. So I just eased down there and I eased that Woody out of his arm. Two, you know, thing, two things probably happened there. I, I realized I had love for duck hunting and I battled duck likes. My entire life. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's been said. You probably you, had a transfer. If you sleep with a duck as a pillow, <laughs> you will have lice. That's duck right. lice, that's it right. All ducks have lice that crawl around on them. You get used to them. Well, you pick one of them, the lice is coming up your arm. You know, they're pretty tough little things. Yeah. You got you to hurt them. Kill. Pretty, hard to and kill. They get on your body. So, so Jason, other thing. They wouldn't hurt you if you ate them, probably, but you know. Well, yeah, who'd want to do well, that? I never so. considered eating <laughs> That's I guess ducks eat them. So, another thing was we probably. From that era of our lives, you probably didn't have a lot of stuffed animals around. We were a little bit Spartan on the uh, well, toys back in that era. You've seen I, a dog looking for a flea. He's he got his teeth. Yeah. And he's got his teeth going real 
real quick. Yeah. He's trying to get that between his teeth. Yeah. Well, a duck louse, a duck, they'll light, and they'll turn around their neck, and they'll start going in their They're feathers the like that. They're doing the same thing. What's, what's that duck doing? He's like he's eating his feathers. I say, you know, he's hunting them duck louse. That's right. You might have stumbled on a new product. Lice Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Boy, I don't think eating them will kill you so, because probably from time to time I might have. So one of you, we get done. Cleaning one of you them entrepreneurs out there on Unashamed Nation, come up with that one. Lice Krispies. Let's see how. how I mean, that. hey, <laughs> it's organic. Well, you bet you. Uh, to finish, protein, protein, protein. Yep. To finish the story, so I we were separated, but I actually had a decent hunt, and y'all saw. Because we did, we had those what seven inch range. We six. saw these survivors come by moving south. Oh so yeah, they were heading out. Jason said, oh, right on to Mexico. Uh, so. We couldn't hear him shooting because he was the wind was coming. He was a mile yeah. north of us, and we had a south wind. Right. And the south wind was we couldn't hear him, so we didn't hear him shoot. Plus, he's shooting due north. He's in the blind that was facing north. Yeah. Well, right. So he was boom, boom, boom. The gun was pointed away from us yeah. a mile away. Well, we didn't hear him shoot. But then stoned with this high tech tech walkie talkie. Kudos to the black box. The black box. Black box. It was giving us a play by play. And Jace was giving a play by play while we looked across the tree line and coming from the direction of where Jace says, I'm I'm putting a whipping on them up here. They just flew by. Of course, we tried to call at them, but they just went on by heading on south. Old Jace ran that bunch. Well, there was once in a while a bunch like that. The survivors. There was a big rain. So, So Jace, how did you get them? You said you pulled a trick. Well, because we didn't know how much water we had because we got a, what, a six or Give seven. Give our audience a taste of what it what it's <laughs> like when ducks light 150 yards away from you. Yeah. How do you get them to you? Because most people don't realize you do it with a shotgun. They, they're thinking, well, well how, could, how would that work? Tell them how it works. Well, right. Well, it was about a six or seven-inch rain. So Which was water, another tropical storm. Another tropical I mean, depression. we have just been blasted yeah. this year. So me and the dog... Uh, we we pulled out because there's a place that one of our best holes, and I looked, and I was like, boy, there's a lot of water here. And so I'm in Margo. haven't ridden it through the water since last year. The first thing that happened when I got on the mound to where it was, which I noticed a lot of water in the area, I said, like, where's all this water coming from? Duh. Well, there's a hole. I don't know, rats, dry rot. You may something. have to explain an Argo. Well, it's an amphibious. It, it goes through water like they hit the beaches, and yeah. that's where it come from. Yeah. They hit yeah. the beaches at Omaha. Yeah, yeah well, I hit, when I hit the water, it filled up. And so I, <laughs> luckily. It wasn't the, a good boat. Yeah, it was going to sink. But I got on the mound, and so me and the dog get in there. Well, all the ducks came in the first five minutes. They, they poured in, but they all lit behind me. Which told me, water back there. yeah, they had been coming in there. It, it, we call those local ducks. Now they're not local. They've been there, but they've been uh, there a few days. Yeah, a few days. Yeah. Well, I saw a bunch of teal come by. Of course, I'm like, you know, getting ready, my dogs. But you know, I call. I never saw them again. And so, about ten minutes into the hunt, I heard them, <laughs> which is the the teal sound. Yep. And so, do I have my ducks? Oh, have we ever blown the teal call? I don't, I don't hit so. it a lick. Uh, where the people don't know, Jace. No, I, I, I have my calls, but not my teal call. But it, it's a it's a like kind little a miniature pitched amount. It's 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 like they're kind of laughing, like <laughs> yeah. So I kept hearing it. Well, I would call, they would call. A lot of times they'll get up and make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. I tell you that. Well, that went on for forty minutes probably, and then I said, "You're a just text, calling back and forth." And I said, "I'm fixed to see if my gun will fire," which means I'm going to make a noise. Because I want to see what's here. 
And so I tested my gun. Well, when I did, ducks got up all over the place. And, I mean, I just saw a teal come by because my goal was to shoot one teal. They had all lit where they lit, but they didn't know you were on the premises. They didn't know I was there, but when the shot went off, they all got up. Well, I was just trying to shoot one teal for my dog. So, boom, and he folded. And my dog looked at me, which was strange, because usually he just takes off, and I'm like, yeah, it, it has begun. So he took off. Well, he's halfway out there. I look up and another one just because they were just kind of flying. Boom. Well, he falls. Well, now my dog's confused. Do you want me to go get that one or this one? So I'm like, I'm motioning to the dog. Well, as I'm getting shells in my gun because I'm fumbling around looking for shells, I look up. There's two more sitting in the decoys in literally three or four seconds. They just came so I wasn't sure how many shells I had, if I had put one in or two, but I'm like, I'm going to shoot these two. Well, when I shot, two more got up, so there, there was three. So I killed that one. Well, then I killed the next one, and and I put it on the next one, and no no shell. So I, <laughs> I uh, put three shells in my gun. Well, he just turned around and comes back over, because early in the year, they hadn't been shot. Yeah, and I missed I missed him, <laughs> yeah. so that was my, my miss. So uh, anyway, it was pretty. It, that was it. It lasted like two minutes, and I sent Phil of them a text. I said they're coming. They're on their way. I sent Jay because I didn't know what was behind me, but I had seen that big bunch early. Right. So my dog actually did good. Well, to finish my story before, so I I I was actually talking to Phil on the phone. Of course, he was on his landline after the hunt, and I was going to give these ducks away because Jay's like, I got a guy who loves them. I was like, oh, that's gold. <laughs> Because we have a few that do it. Hang on. Uh, let's take a break before you finish that. So one of uh, my favorite sponsors uh, on our podcast is Omega XL. And I've had a couple of conversations about pain with Dr. McQuillan because uh, there's been a lot of research that they've done about this product. So Dad and I are taking the product. And I always get a little bit nervous when my, my bottle starts getting low if my next one's going to come in. That's how much it's helped me to not have to take any ibuprofen or anything like that. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it basically attacks inflammation, uh, which is, of course, where most of your pain comes from. And it's natural. Uh, it comes from mussels uh, that are grown in uh, New Zealand. The, the pristine waters of New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> you always say that. I know, and I love the way he says that. So basically, uh, if you're having issues, I know a lot of people are using it because you've been sending me emails, and I know a lot of people are being helped. Phyllis just started... Uh, taking it, my sister, uh, because she's got some uh, issues with her shoulder. So be interested to hear how, how it helps her as well. So if you're suffering aches and pains, stiffness, you need to try Omega XL. You can order it. You get a second bottle free. So that's great just because you're a listener to our podcast. So you go OmegaXL.com slash Phil, OmegaXL.com slash Phil, or you can call them 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. The only on our tape. So I pull in there, but I was talking, I was telling Phil about the hunt as I was giving the ducks away. And I, and I just stuck my head back here at the back end of this feed store. And I was like, I heard somebody loves blue winged teal. And the guy said, that'd be me. And I thought he looked a little familiar, but I wasn't sure. But anyway, I got him the ducks and he's like, you don't remember me? And I was, Uh-oh. which... We went over in an earlier podcast. That's so difficult a question. I was like, you look familiar because he did. And uh, he was like, you baptized me. I was like, 
really? <laughs> that seems like something you'd remember. Right. But he was like, oh, it's 20 years ago. But actually, it worked out. I mean, a, a duck hunt kind of brought us back together. And, I, of course, I was like, well, how are you doing? And he's like, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So it was pretty and good. And he took the teal, which was good. And he, took, he said, I love I said, well, they're a little musty for me. And he's like, oh, I like any duck. He said, I like the mustiness. Yeah. Which there you go there to you go. each his own. Which that's and that's why we still hunt them and enjoy them. Yeah, it was a good day. I mean, it's, it's the only day good I went one. this year, uh, and mainly I was just there to kind of help facilitate Dad and Phyllis for the show. But uh, we enjoyed it. It was good. It was it was you know kind of a it was a fun thing for her to be a part of for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. we went the next day back together, and she went, so I got to hunt with her. That was the last. I yeah. guess that was yesterday. Yeah, that was yesterday. And uh, we actually saw some, but did they wouldn't come in? Right. Yeah, she she loves it. She's uh, she's, she's been a couple of times, but uh, it was such a slow year on the teal. But uh, of course, you got remember there were ducks lighting in the decoys, wood ducks. Yeah. And she said, "How in the world do y'all tell the difference <laughs> at this time of day? You barely can. It's it's almost dark. Yeah. But you're you know what kind they are when they light." I said. It's, it's years a, of experience. Yep, she was marveling at we saw those steel flies. She was like, How would you know that's what they were? I said, Well, ducks all fly differently, they have a they different know. wing beat pattern, so we all know it from that. Yeah, I there's mean, stuff you don't really realize because she said, How do you know that's not a teal? Because Phil, uh, so I said, He's got a blue patch on it. I was like, hey, 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 No, <laughs> but I was like, The movement of his head, yeah, and she was like, What? I was like, look at the, how he's moving his head. Right. I said, a teal doesn't move his head that that's way. That's correct. A wood duck does this little. That's right. I said, I know yep. it's not a teal. But she yeah. was like, well, how would you learn that? And I thought, that's a good question. I did, Observation. I, I guess I didn't notice that I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a little funky 70s. Remember the old dance they had? So you can't yeah. shoot wood ducks during teal season. So, But we had enough ducks, woodies, wood ducks, light in the decoy. We'd have had a pretty good shoot. But since you couldn't shoot them, the states over there in the Carolinas, you can. They can. Other, they give you a duck, a woody or two that you, you can kill during teal season. Really? I, I like that them, law better. They call them mistake ducks yeah. because they can't tell the difference. I have to difference. say, statute of limitations is, I hope, run up. But when I was young, I, I didn't know, I wasn't able to distinguish. So I'd had a few mis, you know, misidentifications. Well, you have to learn. You know, so. Now, no, I'm sure if you get checked shoot by the, the game Shoot the wrong order, duck. Cost you a hundred and fifty dollar fine, you know, five years unsupervised probate. I mean, look, it's a federal offense literally to shoot the wrong duck. I mean, these people, y'all talk about rules out there in America. <laughs> look, go duck hunting one time. I mean, listen, yeah. they got more rules than where you kill two of this kind, one of that kind, three of those kinds. You can't have over six total. Well, when everybody gets to looking at what they have, you know, say, okay, let's see. I can't kill but three woodies. You better not have four on you. Just have the three, right. or it's a fine and all that. So it's it's stringently too many rules. But, I mean, <laughs> they mean well. Well, some of them we've talked about before are kind of silly. In that well, some you, of them are you, redundant, too. Well, you can hunt 60 so think days. Think about it, 250 years, and the, and the continent went from a wilderness the skyscrapers, concrete, you know, big old windmill, wind turbines going to court, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It, <laughs> by the way, those things kill way more birds than we do. Uh, exactly. Just the spinning. So when you look at them on the landscape, you're like, we don't want to fill our – we've got enough stuff already built on it, draining rivers, dammed up this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. Well, you look at the – and the, but the ducks, amazingly – they raise, and most of them in the Canadian wilderness, there's still enough territory 
where it's still churning out literally hundreds of millions of birds, and you add them all up, cranes, various, you know, snipe, all kinds of migrated. We're watching them all the time. Look at there. They've got some snipe. They're just getting here. Well, we're watching them all. Kingfishers, they all migrate. Hummingbirds, we're seeing all these birds that are migrating. Then you have the geese, just big mighty throngs of them in the air. They knock down jet aircraft. They suck them up in the engine. The old guy that landed on the Potomac. Those Sully. Yeah, the Hudsonburger. Yeah, yeah. What river? What? What? It was the Hudson River. Hudson River. He just he had to set the plane down in the Hudson River. Two Canadian geese went through his engines. He, well, you know, I'm going in on the Hudson. They said, come back. (laughs) (laughs) But he was a glider. Didn't lose a man. He was a glider pilot, so which was a break for them. I think about every time. I'm just saying, though, birds offer uh, migrating birds are pretty well. There's some. There's times when they will actually shut down airports because they look. At the at Adam coming by, you know, at yep. three to five thousand feet, and they're like, "Whoa, we've been, we need to." That's too many, too many birds to fly through. That's right. Remember, Jace, we were going. It's amazing, we they're were that go- resilient. We were going to our uncle's funeral in Tyler. It was me, you, and Willie, I think, and Mom, and in a like a, a prop plane, the small one, and we were coming in. All of a sudden, I mean, you know, we were probably five hundred feet from the runway, and all of a sudden, we just did a just a straight up thing and of course you know it all shook us you know we looked at each other and the pilot came on there was that old alan he came on there and said oh, sorry about that a buzzard just kind of i didn't want to, <laughs> you don't want to hit one of them i mean a buzzard was coming in there and he's coming in on landing like this and all of a sudden he'd just go straight up which is very unusual when you and then he and then he laid it back down but and we landed a buzzard in a prop is a is a bad well i said i said have you ever hit one pretty, he said he pretty said good oh, he said oh yeah and i said well did it like cause you? he said oh no it, i mean we just chewed him up he said well you talk about stink <laughs> so he was more avoiding because he didn't want his plane to stink but of course yeah. it all our hearts you know went in their chest you know when you have one that of smell was coming from that from that dead armadillo on the road that's that, right the, the thing ate. you are what well, you the, eat. uh the one that landed in the hudson you know they hit a canadian honker yeah that, that's which a Canadian honkers, but you know a big that bird through if you go through it sucks it up 10, 12 the, pounds, fifteen oh yeah. pounds in an engine. I mean that's the engines are more susceptible than a prop. So we're here trying to clean up the sky, but uh, you know so that's what we do. We we're out there just putting our two cents worth in, you know. But it is pretty remarkable. It's a two hundred and fifty year old tradition, right? Hunting birds. Yep. So that's that's still here. But, you know, these people, they pick up the guns. We're looking at them like, are you crazy? Yeah, well, why would we I do mean, that? your whole your whole lifestyle is gone. Right, yeah. So we need to hold on to that. So this That's year, why the Second Amendment is critical. That's right. A lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not shooting these kind of guns. and that. We need our weapons. I mean, it's, we're, we're duck hunters. And we cycle through it every election cycle. So this year on the duck stamp, there was a, a whistling duck. Which mm-hmm. I think did y'all see one this year that came? Yeah, in? yeah. Well, there's some. I, well, I saw a bunch. They're raising where we are. Yeah. So right there's a there's a lake in town right by the church right by our church building, and uh, the woman that lives next to that pond because I saw about thirty of them in there and I was like those look like ducks but I said what are they and then I got to looking at them I looked tree them. ducks yeah they were and she, so then she said every year they migrate in. They, or they, I think they they've just there. come up from South America or wherever they came from. Right? Yeah, I mean, when the when the climate Mexico. started getting a little warmer, and it is, uh, these ducks just started migrating up from South so America. They're coming up, okay. and they're on the coast of Louisiana, where they were for years right. now. But now they've migrated on up to North Louisiana. Someone, somebody told me they're good to eat, so 
I never have tried one of them. Are they? Can you hunt them? I mean, are they? Yeah, I think during duck season you can shoot one. Okay, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I will be a hundred percent sure if I discharge my weapon. (laughs) But there was a bunch of them when I on my hunt. I could hear them. They once I got the sound, which our our pintail they sort of whistle, don't they? Oh, they it's a louder whistle, but you can get the sound from your pintail widgeon whistle. Yeah. So you need to change. I need to tell them a duck commander because what they got a six in one. They call it a six in one. Yeah, we need to one. put seven. Seven. We've one. added. We've added. He one. he he sounds now. I got to figure out exactly how to emulate. You know the style. Do you know if it's the hen or the drake that makes the sound? No, I just heard that one that came in. I'll do some research. Yeah, but, but if they're good to eat. And we now have them. I've never seen one hunting in my life. Well, this year, Jay said if you can kill one, he wants to mount one just because it's unique and different. Well, they got we, big old legs on them. I right. was thinking, you know, turkey legs. I also. think there's a couple of different kinds. One of them they call a full of a tree duck. I think know. that's what we have. He has long legs, yeah, like a crane, right? And uh, but he's an ugly joker. But <laughs> but, but you know, they claim they're pretty good to eat. I saw one that had about five little ones about a mm, couple of months ago. I said, well, good night. I didn't know them tree duck were raised on us. On but, our place? Yeah. They had raised off. Of, she'd raised off a brood because she'd come off the bank. There was a couple more sitting there. Yeah. But then she had about five little ones following her, you know. Right. We have got we have alligators and stuff. So, you know, for a, for a duck to make it, you know. They well, have, that's incredible. I mean, between the hoot owls and the alligators Cows. and the otters and the that mink and survive. the fox yeah. and bobcats, everything's after them. I mean, so out of a brood. Like wood ducks, she'll lay 12 eggs in a hollow tree, but about four make it from all the varmints eating on them. But the reason they almighty made them, food source yep. for man and beast. Right. So let's take another break. One of the things that has unfortunately afflicted our nation is uh, people that get in severe debt. A lot of it starts with people going to college. They get these student loans, it's high interest, they get out, they got to pay all this money back, and it just kind of, it's a spiral. It's a bad situation. And it really hurts, obviously, people and hurts our economy. One of the things that you can do to help your credit score go up uh, is go to a a group called ScoreMaster. And this is so, you know, if you have to have a loan or whatever for your house, maybe you've had some debt issues, and hopefully you're working on that because we want to try to get you out of debt. But these people can help with uh, raising your credit score. Basically, uh, 97 points, some of them had uh, as high as 61 points in 20 days. So they basically want to look at your score and not say, heck no. (laughs) That's what we don't want. That's exactly right. So a score master puts you in control of your own finances, not the banks. You can enroll in minutes. Uh, scoremaster.com slash Phil. That's scoremaster.com slash Phil and get your credit score up if you need it. And speaking of alligators, Tony told me, so, you know, I've been down here 45, or we've been here 45 years, hadn't lived here for 25, but I've never seen an alligator in Thompson Bow, which is uh, right behind our house. Yeah, we've seen quite a few. I know, and that's what I said. I didn't. I didn't you need I, to get out more. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't come here. Yeah, they. I started, come down to do podcasts. I don't know if they're migrating. I was shocked through here, or we've seen more, more and more, year. more and more. I know. They've but, always been here, but North Louisiana not as much as South Louisiana. But these days, we see them everywhere, all over every duck hole we've got. We see alligators. Oh, I've they, seen them on the property. We've got but, a problem. I think those. Back to back flood years disperse the gators because it's rapid now. Now we're we're seeing them. I uh, mean, he saw it, which they're kind of like, oh no, alligators. And I'm like, look, 
Yeah, they. I was with the swamp people the other night. I was like, "Boy, y'all make that really dramatic." He was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it. They did for gators what Jaws did for sharks. You know, yeah. like it's. It makes it. Most of the time, people are swimming around. Sharks are swimming around. Nobody. There's no interaction. It's the same with a gator. But you say alligator to people that aren't used to being around them at all, and they're just mortified. Like he's just going to jump in the boat yeah. and eat you. You know. I, I saw a big splash at my, when the water was like 15 feet deep over there. I had a duck blind over there, and I'm pulling up to it, and we're making sure we got all our ropes tied up. The river's coming up, so it's up 20 feet from dry ground. It's just way up there. So I'm, I got about 15 of them big floaters, so I'm out there checking them. I saw a big splash, and I said, hmm, that, that might have been a beaver. I said, I think I'll put a bullet in his head because, you know, they try to build their, <laughs> their houses on the duck blinds, and they don't check with me about it. I said, well, so I pull up squatters. there. I saw the splash. I just saw a big splash. So I pull up there, and I start following the bubbles from whatever it was. So I'm just on that line of bubbles. I'm right in behind it in my motor. Got my gun in my hand, and I see the I see the bubbles. I see them. They're, they're coming on up, and I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna shoot this old beaver." I got my gun ready. When the thing popped up, it was an alligator head. <laughs> you know, the alligator popped his head up, looked around. I'm like, I said, "Well, well, you know, I, I thought you were a beaver. You, you live <laughs> <laughs> because we're hoping they'll eat beaver." It was out of uh, alligator season or whatever you call it. You well, know, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but and you're hoping they'll eat beavers, which would take care they, of your problem. They eat beavers. Yeah. So, so oh, he's my friend. See, right. anything that eats beavers, he's my friend. Well, I tell you, and they're really not aggressive. They're not aggressive. The only no. time they're aggressive is on when they yeah, when they're on a nest and you don't be stomping around. They on will a nest. get a dog or two down in South Louisiana. They catch get a few of the dogs up here too. Yeah, uh, there was a guy that was training his lab in Black Bayou or, or somewhere up up north, and uh, they got him. It was a little old, small, about your color. It was like a. Oh, that them two was... little dogs I got, they wouldn't last five minutes in some of these places around here. I mean, that's just like perfect appetizer for alligators. Well, and Phyllis and Tony do have a little old uh, hound, and he was down there by the thing. I said, well, don't, if he gets the water around him, that's, you don't want to do that. Cause... Well, you know they're faster than a human on dry land. So oh, yeah. you think you're going to run? No. <laughs> no. He'll chase you down and eat you. Yeah, if he, if if he, he wanted was aggressive, to. we'd be He's not aggressive. No. So, Al, what about this... Uh, <laughs> person who got a hold of us and so said we, so we got some yeah some listener questions that i always like doing these because we get a lot of interesting stuff from you guys and it gives us a chance to kind of get out of our normal study and uh, one of the questions we got and i don't have a name for this one but uh they said was the snake an actual snake in the garden of eden and uh of course we don't ever talk about this amongst ourselves before we get here and we were already debating before we got on the thing uh so I'll let Dad, you start. You tell us what you think about it. I would just simply say, what's the story of uh, the donkey that and uh, the talking donkey? Yeah. Balaam's yeah. donkey. Balaam's donkey. In the, uh, in there the was King a James donkey. Balaam's ass. There was a donkey that yeah. God spoke through. So when you get into the spiritual world, although sometimes you, you you're looking at it and you're saying, "Boy, some of this stuff," but but I would just simply point out. Uh, we just covered in John 13, as soon uh, that Jesus said, uh, it is the one to whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish is the one that's going to betray me. So there's the disciples sitting there, and we now we have the, the way he's going to be exposed. Uh, so then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas the Iscariot, Son of Simon, as soon as Judas 
took the bread, Satan entered him. So I know he can enter human beings. Well, if he can enter, if he can enter human beings, then you would think, based on the donkey story, a talking donkey, you're like, hmm. So you say he could enter animals too. So do you so, believe it was a snake? Or a I, I believe it's possible that because of the donkey story and the one where he entered Judas, Satan entered him. So in a spiritual world, it's not like the scientific world. Right. Well, this is impossible. <clears throat> right. Well, we just have these stories, and you say, hmm, is there an answer for them? What's amazing is that is it snake or not, I can see that Satan would have entered a big a big snake and could do any he can he, he's he, he's a, he's that powerful i, I, think I know it, this the ramifications of what happened right with that story i know that came out of it you have good god and evil satan now how he got here through a snake probably it was because of people who are atheists said well that would be impossible you know job spending the night in a in the in the belly of a whale, yeah. they they usually pick those aids that well that's impossible. In the spiritual world, anything is possible. Well, that's right. I mean, that's my only that's my su- answer to that. Supernatural. I, I think it was a snake as well, <clears throat> and uh, although you know I could be wrong, but it, it could have been something else. But part of it is because it's so descriptive about because it says the serpent was more crafty. This is Genesis three than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. So I mean. He puts it in in the animal world context. If that snake, Jay, uh, Al, if that snake, and if Satan can enter him, uh, if that's the way it's going to work, on my part, if you could see the trail <laughs> of dead snakes that I have killed, so, over, so I have done a great. I have been a great harvester against Satan, and I have killed many, many of my foes. <laughs> Because well, there's a pile of cotton mouths I've left behind me that will reach this ceiling right If you'd have been in the garden, this could have avoided this whole thing. thing. This would have never happened. This whole thing about sin, if I'd been there with a weapon, you say the snake would have never made it that far. You no. had to get a stick. I'd have taken him out. So, so whenever, which is funny, because, of course, you know, obviously we're saying this tongue-in-cheek because at this point in time, before the flood, Adam and Eve, and I guess all of humanity— just had a very common relationship with the animal world. I mean, they, they didn't have the wildness about them until post-flood. They were all vegetarians. That's right. And, and well, we know that from Genesis 9. From Genesis That's right. 9. So, but the, the reason I think it is, and then I'll let Jace. Jace has another theory, I think. Um, it says when he cursed them. So after, after the, obviously the snake could talk. That's not normal. But I, I agree with you. I think that's because Satan entered the snake and, uh, and allowed him to talk. But, but, and just think about what that would have sounded like. The bottom line is I see good on the earth, and the good comes from God. And I see evil. I see them both. Right. For someone to deny you know, even an atheist, an atheist knows when he breaks the law. He knows when he sins. His conscience tells him that. Right. Well, you know, I know I'm saying I don't believe in God, but what I'm doing right here, this is not right. So I need to really cover my tracks here. And they scheme and all this stuff that comes out of it. So there is evil on the earth. There is good. And the story on where he came from through a snake is a pretty heavy one to to believe. But but 
I'm looking at the rest of the Bible and the well, good and evil part. There's supernatural stuff everywhere. So yep. to say, well, now that can never happen. Well, you could say that about every story in the Bible. There were three <laughs> things that, that happened. First, the, the snake was cursed. And here's what God told the snake. Now, you think about, well, that's not fair to the snake because it was Satan that was, you know, if that's the case. But here's what he said about the snake. Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals, which, by the way, I believe is why there's a trail of dead snakes. Or if one comes out on the road, people will run off the road. To, Plus, to another good point is you have among the animal world, when you get to snakes, you have the vast majority, which is a good thing, of snakes are good snakes. Yeah, we don't. We only they, kill poisonous they, snakes. They're not going to hurt you. Right. But yeah. there is a percentage of them in there. Speaking of good and evil, there is a percentage of snakes that you don't want to fool with. They are sneaky, and they will bite <laughs> you without any kind of warning. I mean, some even have a warning device. The rattlesnake. Yeah. You hear that buzz? You better stand close. You better watch what you got going there. But I'm just saying, among snakes, there's good and evil. All right, <clears throat> let's take another break. Uh, so here's another. So anyway, he says you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life, which implies to me that this early version of the snake had legs. He's walking. And most people are afraid of any snake. Right. Why are they so afraid of any snake? Well, that's right. Something Because they in there. do a lot of damage <laughs> against just regular poor snakes. So let me give the rest but, of my theory. Phil, it's let just me. like people can't identify ducks. I mean, like if Missy sees a snake, she has no idea. You would immediately know that's a rattlesnake. She wouldn't. She would. She wouldn't know. Right. She so, wouldn't know. So she's I just mean, frightened. Well, I'm, I'm just snake. feels like. Yeah. Well, how come? Yeah. I really think that's it. They're not. I. They don't identify a snake. They just see snake. I mean, size is same way. So let me read you this. So this is my theory on why I think that was an actual snake inhabited by evil spirit. Pythons and bo. This is from the American Museum of Natural History. Pythons and boa constrictors, so the big boys, they have tiny hind leg bones buried in muscles towards their tail, the end of their tail. Little bitty flanges that at one point were legs. So such features, either useless or poorly suited to performing scientific uh, specific tasks, are described as vestial. So it's vestial leg bones. They are also intriguing, then they say, they are also intriguing evidence of the evolutionary uh, history of the species. So they're saying but, by evolution yeah. they lost their legs. But evolution, we've had this argument before, I don't want to have it again. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, things evolve. That I think God set that in motion. Sure that doesn't bother me. But, you know, it's like our people are, we don't want to admit anything. Right. I mean, things evolve. Well, so my theory couldn't is. Couldn't God have set it up where. My theory is, what if those big boys are up walking around in this period, but then when the curse happens, there's no more walking around. From now on, you're going to slide oh, I, around. I love that. I mean, that, that, that God would have it's, done that. It's possible. I like that the parts. That's what I look for since I'm an outdoors person. I look for evidence where you read a verse, yeah, and he says, well, now you're going to slither around. I, did, I didn't know that. That's that I was think, interesting. I, I, think, another, another I think it's point, an awesome piece of evidence. Another right. point is least interesting that when the Apostle Paul got to the, in the book of Ephesians six ten and following, he said, uh, arm yourself, put on, put on the full armor of God, because we don't wrestle 
we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Now, when, when, you, when, you, when you start looking at it, you say, that's not where the enemy is. Right. The enemy is far more powerful. In other words, we are, we're going against the authorities, the rulers, the powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil, listen to this, in the heavenly realms. So even, even all those thousands of years later, by my count, about 5,000 years later after the snake in the Garden of Eden, if we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, that tells me there is a spiritual world out there with a lot of crazy going on right. within it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll recommend a book for our audience. It's the best book I've ever read on spiritual warfare. A guy named Joe Beam wrote it, and it's called Seeing the Unseen. Seeing the Unseen by oh, Joe I Beam. Agree. It is outstanding. Because it, it, he goes into all those patches like you just mentioned. There's a lot in the whole Bible oh, yeah. that talk about evil spirits. That There's sort of a ranking system of Satan and evil and you know different. You know, and he talks about the stuff we read about. And snake or not, to this day, I just got a letter the other day, so, or somebody showed it to me, where people, they joined the Satanist club, or, I mean, he's, you know, this it's very, various degrees, of, but there's all kind of, of groups together, oh, yeah. and they have Satan that they bow down to, yeah. he yeah. Sent to you this a, day. You a letter? Huh? Somebody sent it off on a computer. I don't have oh. a computer, but they, they, <laughs> they brought me some information about the Satanists. Uh-huh. And the, the girl said, basically, I've become a Satanist. She said, because I, I'm, not, I, I'm so afraid my daughters won't be able to terminate, to abort their children. She had two daughters that she had, and she, her, so she logic, her logic was, I'm so afraid that they won't have the freedom to kill their children because of the current situation with the Supreme Court and everything, you know, they're going to take that right away from me. So I became a Satanist. She said, amazingly, uh, I found out that I've been a Satanist a, a long time, but I just didn't realize it till now because it, it doesn't seem normal to me, but, but now it's abnormal times, so I've become a Satanist, of which I really was one to begin with. So well, I have to kill my children or, or this story. whole thing is going to blow up. I, I have to have that right to do it. But think about the irony that that she, was the logic. She had two daughters that she didn't terminate, and she wants them to have the right to terminate other children. She gr- said, "Her I've grandchildren. Never had, I've never had an abortion. I have two children, my two girls. That's fascinating. But I'm worried. But I just thought to myself, I said, "What in the world kind of logic is that? Give your daughters that you let live, give them the ability to kill their offspring for no reason." And, and and then become a Satanist and then say, whoa, whoa, I guess I've been a Satanist for a while. I guess I've, well, now we don't worship Satan. We don't bow down to him. We we just think he's right when it comes to us having the right to kill our children. <laughs> we talk about single issue voters. She, she, I read it and just sort of shook my head and, of course, in the trash can it went. But I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking, girl, I said, why would you come up with that scheme in yeah. order to it just kill an unborn validates child validates more of what the Bible says. And again, she's actually validating let's, herself. Let's take one last break. I thought of I thought of the verse that says um, he blinds the minds of unbelievers, or you know, the idea yeah. that they get darkened in their understanding. I mean, to follow the her logic path to where that wound up, that's a that's a pretty. Uh, that's a dark. Listen to what Isaiah said. Uh, uh, whom are you mocking? 
at whom do you sneer and stick out your tongue? These are the people that are mocking God. They sneer. They read about, you know, Satan being in snakes, and they're like, what in the world? Uh, are you not a brood of rebels, the offspring of liars? You burn with lust among the oaks and under every spreading, spreading tree. You're just immoral and perverted to the core of your being. You sacrifice your children in the ravines. They would walk up to those cliffs and just chunk them. Their child just yeah. bounce off the rocks down there. Yeah. That's what they were doing in the days of Isaiah. But when you look at it, you read this, and you, you sacrifice your children in the ravines. You go to a little secluded spot and just throw them away. That's what they were doing in the day of Isaiah. And he was saying, you are a brood of liars, yeah, there was offspring an, <clears throat> of liars. There was another group. I can't remember which prophet which prophet it's in, maybe Isaiah, and they, they, they talk about the fires of Molech. So they would, they, would yep. build, they would build these iron altars and get a red-hot fire and then just throw their children in the fire. Yep. They were sacrificing them to Molech. This is They've some been killing their children ever since they were on planet Earth. Now, when you say, well, Satan who, it threw, a, threw a snake and he introduced evil to the world and the downfall of mankind and the sin spread from there, all the way to right now where I'm seated, you're like, when you look at it that way, you're like, so you believe there's good and evil on the earth? Well, where's it coming from? What's the source of yeah. both of them? What's the source of good? Is there a source for good? Is this Jesus real? And what's the source of evil? No matter how it got here, it's a wild story, but I'm looking at it. I know one thing, good and evil... It's here, That's right. and I've tasted both of them. Isn't it interesting, though, going back over thousands of years of human history, that killing of the innocent has always been a thing. It's always I, been a thing. I mean, and you think it's the worst thing. Like It's the worst possible thing I could imagine. The yeah. thing is people to kicking, come up with. The, the baby is kicking inside the womb, and, and you know how it got there, sex. You said that's how it gets there. And and it's the way things work. Everybody knows it. That's how you get them. And and the, and he's moving around, and you're like, but it's really not a person. And you're like, yeah. Well, you were there. Goes once. off the rails. You, you were right there at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Were, were, was it you? And they're like, <laughs> well, it was me then, but but I wasn't a person yet. You say, well, you're standing here. You were inside a womb, and you came out of the womb a person. And it's you, and there's no one like you on planet Earth. You were in the womb at one point, and you're telling me now there's not anybody in there. Right. I'm like, well, you just came out of there. <laughs> or this crazy woman, I mean, this crazy woman whose mother had her, and then she had two daughters, and now she's saying, but I want them to kill my grandchildren. Yeah. How does that make any sense? That's I, when it comes to evil, and we saw how it was introduced through a snake. You're yeah. like, maybe it's just God saying, this is like a deadly poison viper. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Sanger, Margaret Sanger, the and woman. for some reason or another, all human beings, especially females, are deathly afraid of any kind of snake if they find them like we found one in here. Oh, it was I, a rat I snake. I looked at him. And it was a rat snake. They said, right what do you think? And I said, 
non-pointers. Let him go. He's catching mouse. That's a rat snake. That's right. He catches. You saw mice. what he was after, Jace. When I you saw came a in. mouse coming in, so he needs to do his job. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. So we, wrap it up. We I just mean, got a couple of minutes left. It's so. possible that, that that Satan can enter anything. Yeah, he entered so. Judas. He entered the donkey. Well, he well, entered the snake. So so whether what's you, your take, Jace? Well, I I don't know. It doesn't, and, bot- and it doesn't matter. But but it but it's interesting. It doesn't. Discussion. It doesn't. Well, we've crossed a threshold here. Uh, some of our fan base said <laughs> we want more of old Phil than less of Jace. <laughs> Jace has finally admitted, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. That's why I hadn't meant to say anything. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fifty fifty on this one. I, I I definitely moved the needle on you when you learned that about the legs and the pythons, right? I mean, the leg bones. Well, the, I liked it, but I've always viewed Genesis kind of like I do Revelation. I mean, he wasn't giving you the purpose was not to give you every detail of how this all happened. Because a lot of impossible things are happening. So I don't think that's the intent because we have so many questions that will never be answered. So I just think it's a it's right. an overall view of how we got here. Get the point. God, they call it God a made metaphor, it. A metaphor. Yeah, there's a, there's a th- line of thinking in Christian universities now that the first 11 chapters of Genesis are not literal people or things, which I don't agree with that. Because uh, I tend to, I, I try either. to take it literal if if it well, is. Now, well, but, but to your point, I'm there saying are some I'm kind of in between. I, I feel like Adam and Eve, you know, were real, but where you know where were the other people, and did they were there? Because all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, they're reproducing uh, even well, after the flood. I've you, got a theory on that too, but I don't have enough time to talk. Well, about what it. I'm saying now, there's a lot of theories that come correct from that, and and it doesn't matter to me if the snake was actually talking or it was the only way they could describe how Satan had entered this situation. To me, it doesn't matter. I mean, the point is evil's real. Uh, God's team wins. You know, God, because of the, the occurrences in the garden, had to put forth in motion his scheme of redemption, which it ultimately is, it brought is. us. So Jesus. hang on, hang on, Dad. So let's. Uh, we're out of time for unashamed, but I, I, I got to make my point now, and I want to hear what Dad has to say. So for, for those of you in the woods um, that have that, you can continue to hear this little bit of bonus. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.